Hi everyone, welcome to Keeping It Spiffy with PFH Prevention. Are you interested in change? In this podcast, we will talk about the strategic prevention framework and how it can teach groups of people to enact change throughout their communities. Join us to see how you can make a difference. Hi everyone, welcome to our second episode of Keeping It Spiffy. I'm Kylie. I'm Edward. And we are going to be talking about the assessment step in the SPIF model today. Okay, so here's another get to know us segment. And when you hear this sound, then that's our get to know you segment of the week. And Edward, our question is, what's your favorite snack? Oh, there's so many to choose from. Right now, I'm really loving some jalapeno Cheetos. But also, uh, twin snakes are a good go-to for me. What are twin snakes? They're like gummy snakes. One's sweet and one's sour. Oh, okay. So, okay. Never heard of them. My favorite snack, I love anything with cheese. I love cheese and crackers and sausage. It's not exotic, but it's a, it's a nice snack. Okay, so now we'll move into assessment for the Smith model. So Edward, what what is assessment for SPIF? Well, it's a pretty big question. Um, assessment means quite a few things, but at a, the most basic is you're trying to gather information on what you have, what you need, what you want to do, um, you know, your problem, where it's at, lots of questions like that. It's basically the asking questions phase of your plan. Uh, and if basically it's the first thing you have to do with assessment is figure out what is the area of effect that you're working on? Um, with the coalitions we work with, it's primarily their county. So that, that'll be their geographical area. And so they start to assess what's in that county. What, um, how many people are there? What kind of people, you know, racially, ethnically, you know, all that. And just determine those basic things first. So if you have to determine all that stuff, how do you determine that? Like, do you have to go somewhere to get that information or do you have to do research on your own? The first thing for determining your geographical area, that's usually pretty simple. Whenever a coalition gets together, they already know what they want to do. You know, they say, I want to, you know, make my town better. I want to make my, my county better. I want to make my state better. Whatever. They usually determine it pretty simply like that. Um, and once they've determined that, there are a ton of websites and resources that you can go to. Um, the Census Bureau is actually a great source. You can go there and get all the information you need on demographics for the people that live in the area. Um, you can also go to a website it's called Kids Count, and that helps you with some of the financial stuff and me- median income for the area, things like that. So what if I, if I just started everything? So this is the first step to it. In your opinion, what is the problem? What should some people be looking into? Well, when it comes to figuring out the problem for your coalition, the biggest thing that people do is they watch the news and they hear about, you know, there's this big drug thing or this big problem going across the nation. And they just kind of lean towards that. Like, oh, it's a problem because the news guy said it was. But if you actually collect information, you know, first of all, talk to your neighbors, talk to the people in your area, or you can go on um, Missouri Student Survey, which is a survey that the Department of Mental Health does every two years. And you can read the information from there and it's straightforward. 
So, uh, for example, here we're, we're still in the midst of an opioid epidemic. Um, it was very, very bad a few years ago. It's getting better, but it's still here. But if you look at a rural Missouri county, then you, you're not going to find the numbers that you're seeing on the news. All those overdoses and deaths and stuff, in a small county, they're, they're, that's not a problem. There's just not as many. There may be some in some counties, but if you get the data for your county, you may find that what's really the problem is that a lot of young kids are drinking alcohol. Um, and if you just go off the news, then you're, you're tackling, say, opioids. You're never really addressing the true problem in that community. So you got to get the data, which when you say data, people get turned away from it. But it's not that big of a thing. I mean, you literally look at it. It's, it says a question, you know, how many times in the past 30 days have you consumed alcohol? And the, stu the uh, middle schoolers and stuff, they tell them and they you know, aggregate that data and everything. And it might say that 20 percent of the youth in your county have used alcohol in the last 30 days. And then you know that's a problem. So if I have to get all this data, do I have to get approval from anyone or can I just start doing what I want? The data is open to anyone. You can go on and get any information you want. Yay! If you are new at looking at these types of things, I recommend you speak with a prevention specialist. That's kind of what they do. They specialize in helping you understand that. Um, and that, any step of the strategic prevention framework, you know, in Missouri, you get a hold of preferred family health care prevention, and we have someone that on staff that is helping your community. So they will help you look at that data and tell you what's going on and give you the advice. Now, for a coalition, you may look at the data and see that alcohol is the worst problem. And but doing your assessment, you find out you don't have the resources to tackle that large of a problem. So you may look at something like um, tobacco and see that tobacco is still kind of high, maybe not as high as alcohol, but you have more resources to do it. You can actually convince your convenience stores not to sell to minors or to cart everyone to do stuff like that. And that's another part of the assessment is to just determine what you can and can't do. Say I'm from like a bigger area. Would it be harder to start something like this? Does size matter for your community? I would say it's probably is harder for a larger community, but what you're going to find is in a smaller community, you can probably find the people that want to help. In a larger community, you're going to find the resources that you need. Um, you know, there's going to be more businesses willing to contribute or partner with you for your events, activities, whatever it may be. Um, so it, it's kind of a double-edged sword there. It goes both ways. Okay. So moving out of the problem in assessment, how do I, well, I guess this kind of stays with the problem. How do I like understand the data and what the problem is? Well, it just depends on the kind of data you're looking at, whether you're looking at stuff like numbers from Missouri, Missouri Student Survey, um, whether you're looking at like focus groups or word of mouth, which Missouri Student Survey is great, um, but it's just like any other survey you know, people get into it and they get to question 10 and they're tired of taking it and they just start clicking answers. And the state has some sort of com complicated algorithm to sort that out. I don't know what it is, but um, what you want to focus on is just the core questions. There are four core indicators that uh, the SPIF looks at that you should probably focus on. One is the average age of onset. So basically that's the, what is the age that youth are starting to do this? And when you find that number, I find that it's often very surprising because people think, oh, the teenagers are the ones doing it. 
really a lot of alcohol and tobacco and stuff starts around 11 or 12 years old. Um, it starts a lot younger than people think. The next one you want to look at is past 30 day use. How much has it been used in the past 30 days? And the question usually says, you know, how many times in the past 30 days have you consumed alcoholic beverage? And it'll, you know, it's like one to two, four to five, you know, every day and see how bad that is. Um, and then the next question is like, is the perception of harm? You know, what does, do your friends think it, you risk harming yourself or others if you use alcohol? Do you think you risk harm? Um, and that's a big question because a lot of you think, well, I can get drunk and it doesn't hurt anybody. You know, it's safe. It's not. And so we have to educate them that it's not safe. And then another important core indicator is um, parental approval. And in these rural counties, that is a big one because you'll find a lot of parents actually don't disapprove of alcohol as much as you may think. Um, we see that number gets pretty bad. You know, the question usually reads something like, um, would your parents be okay with you drinking five to six times or two to three times a day or, I mean, a week? Um, and that number is usually really high in the 20 percentile range. Oh, wow. Are all of these surveys that these kids take, are they self surveys so they take it on their own on their own time so these this survey i we use the most because it's it's actually just one of the biggest surveys given in the state of missouri um, is that missouri student survey by um, the department of mental health and it's taken at school the school has to uh, volunteer to take it they don't get anything for doing it um, but the data is so important for getting grant funds and, and other financial resources and also identifying what's going on in the community um, and it's a big undertaking for them because usually the test, the survey comes around during testing and there's a lot of time problems. So it's a serious commitment from them and they don't get any real like, uh, you know, financial gain from it immediately. Okay. So if you have a school um, that you don't know if they're taking it, ask, you should ask them, are you taking the student survey? Um, and if not, encourage them to do it. Okay. So you said how one of the core indicators is parent or parental um, like approval mm -hmm. of it. Is that also related to protective factors? For right. Uh, pretty much any of these, these we call them risk factors, but any of these um, on the opposite end, if that number is higher on the opposite side, then that's better. So if you have, you know, 80% of parents disapprove, that sounds a lot better than 20% of parents do approve. Um, and when you're looking at any of these numbers, they you always want to say, well, okay, it's 5%. Is 5% bad? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you want to compare it to the state. What's the average across the state? Or what's the average in the county next to me? Um, and that's how you really find out if it's a problem. Like, oh, man, it's 10% higher than the average in the state. Obviously, we are we got a situation here. Yeah, that makes sense. What's the main key takeaway for the assessment in Speth? The biggest thing is it's so important to do this because it's like putting the cart before the horse. If you don't know what the problem is, then you're going to go after the wrong thing. You can't be sure of what is effective, what you can do, or what you should be doing if you haven't asked enough questions and, and found the right answers. Yeah. Um, last question. How long do you think this part takes to do? This is probably one of the more most involved portions of the entire SPIF because you're laying the groundwork. You're, you're drawing up the map for what's going to happen 
for the rest of it. This is the, the, we've got to get this under control. You know, we've got to figure it out. And that's the most important part is determining what you're trying to get done. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so if you are listening and you do want to kind of start an initiative in your community and you have more questions about assessment, feel free to reach out to someone in the PFH prevention department. Um, and you can find all of our contact information on our website at www.pfh.org slash prevention. Um, but yes, feel free to email us or call any of us and we would love to answer any of your guys' questions. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And Edward, what's up next time? Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is capacity. Capacity. Awesome. So make sure to tune in for that. And we are excited to see you guys listening to more podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode on Keeping It Spiffy. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter at PFH Prevention. If you want to connect with us, feel free to email us at moprevention at pfh.org or check out our website at pfh.org prevention. See you next time.